Hey everybody, Dr. Dimer Jones here, physical therapist and fitness coach, and I want to thank you so much for listening to this episode. Um, I hope that you enjoy it. As every episode, we try to bring you high-impact content that is very valuable to your knowledge and to help push fitness, health, and wellness forward. So um, tune into the episode, let me know what you think afterwards, and if you want to check out any other content, head over to www highimpactpt.com slash podcast. Again, www.highimpactpt.com slash podcast and check out even more podcasts from there. Thank you. Enjoy the episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the High Impact Health Podcast with your host, Dr. Diamond Jones, physical therapist and fitness coach. And today I have a local Georgian or a fellow Georgian from Beaufort, Georgia. And don't worry, I asked him about this. He is the owner slash head coach of Elite Iron Sports Performance, which is an amazing, amazing, amazing sports performance gym. I checked out all their stuff. I can't wait to head out there and uh, hang out with uh, this this guest today, James Townsend. Thank you for coming on to the episode, my man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. So let's just jump into it. Like, tell me your background. Um, I know that you've been doing this thing for 15 plus years. I was telling you a little bit about mine. I'm nowhere near that. I've been strength training and lifting for 10. But as far as being a coach, as far as being an athlete, just jump in. Just tell us about yourself. Okay. So I'm uh, born and raised in uh, Brandon, Mississippi. That's a suburb on the northeast side of Jackson, Mississippi, where the capital is. And uh, so in high school, uh, I competed in powerlifting and played football. And then uh, in college, just powerlifted, went on Louisiana Tech and powerlifted there. Uh, you know, it was a club sport back then, and it still is for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were very, very, uh, had a very good team there and, and uh, a lot of success. And, we won a national championship every year I was there, and that really kind of spurred into some other things uh, as far as, you know, getting to go to Junior Worlds and kind of getting to coach in the IPF for the, for the USAPL. Wow. And so uh, while I was there, I I, uh, I made a, a couple of Junior World teams. Um, and then, once, like I said, started, you know, had some opportunities after that to, to coach on some national teams and, and have really done that. For the you know, I had a few years there where I had a sabbatical that I'll get into in a minute. Um, but I've really have done that for the most part since 2002, 2003. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, leaving college, I took a, I took a, a uh, job right out of college, um, working at Quest Nutrition and Athletics in Duluth, Georgia. Moved out here, graduated, moved right out. Did that for about a year and a half. Uh, went back to school. At Louisiana Tech, got another degree while I was there. I coached at a, uh, at a local high school there, Cedar Creek High School. Um, was, was a powerful coach and, and a uh, strength conditioning coach for football, and really all sports, but primarily football. And uh, did that for about a year, then moved back to Mississippi where uh, and worked as a teacher and a coach at the school that I went to. Same, uh, same thing, uh, football, powerlifting, strength conditioning, Taught PE, helping PE, and uh, and really kind of started the, the my, my dream at that point was to be a college strength conditioning coach, mm-hmm. and so at that point really kind of started that that path while I was while I was there, and uh, so the summer of 07, 
interns at uh, Mississippi State with football. And then I uh, was lucky enough to get a paid internship uh, in January of 2008 uh, with the University of Virginia with football. And then later on that year, that led into a full-time job and was there for almost two years. And the guy that I, uh, I worked for there got the head job at Mississippi State. And I was lucky enough to go with him and was there for over two years. And then uh, some of the guys that I worked with there were, were had relationships with the, with the coaching staff at Marshall. So I was lucky enough to get the head job with football and strength conditioning at Marshall in the summer of 2011. Um, wasn't there very long. Was there around five or six months. Just wasn't, it wasn't a fit. It's time for a change. Uh, got out and uh, got into the private stuff here in Atlanta. I worked out of a gym for, I guess, about seven years in Johns Creek called uh, Gotta, Gotta Train, and it was a sports performance gym. And while I was in there, I got through a lot of different things and used my whole skill set. Um, been very lucky to have the strength and distance side on top of the, the powerlifting side and everything in that, you know, that you could probably think of in between. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in there, I got to wear a lot of different hats. And, you know, we had a speed and agility business. Had a you know a barbell club business. I had an adult personal training business. Then that kind of spurred into a, a, you know the programming side of, of the powerlifting business, um, with a, with a little bit of other programming thrown there too, but primarily with powerlifting. We also had a combine prep business. Uh, I had a speed and agility business. It was we had quite a few things we were doing there. Yeah, um, sure. and then yeah, it was it was a lot, and uh, and so and there were some other quite a few other things we did as well the team training throughout the year and, and different things. But, um, but anyway, so that, that, uh, it kind of led me to, to, you know, having some vision of what, where I saw all this going long-term and I really felt like it was time to, to branch out and do my own thing completely and open my own spot. And that's what I did, uh, beginning of the summer, 2018. So about seven months ago. And, uh, it's been great, you know, so I've gotten the chance to, really just kind of zone in on on my immediate interest of training athletes, training powerlifters, uh, you know, continue to grow the programming side of things. I'm also working, you know, a little adult personal training here and there, um, as well as staying active with uh, the national team that I currently coach, which is, which is the USAPL Open Equipped uh, national team with the men and women. So that's, uh, that's kind of uh, my life as a coach at this point. First of all, James, let's take a step back real quick. On your page, whenever you go to your page and you kind of look at your stuff, and then even whenever you go to your website, it literally just says 15 plus years of coaching. Okay. I didn't know I was talking to a head coaching legend, man. I didn't know that. Like, I I honestly think your bio needs to list all of that stuff, right? I mean, dude, I'm I'm sitting here shivering because I was like, I'm sitting here thinking I'm talking to obviously a good coach. Um, you know, obviously, I checked out all of your stuff online. I'm like, hey, I just want to talk to this guy. We're both in Georgia. Like, you know, obviously, I know a little bit about the circuit stuff, but I'm not, like, all into it. So, dude, you are highly accomplished. Again, thank you so much for taking time out your busy day to talk to me. Man, thank you so much. I mean, that, that, that's crazy. You have a, 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 a awesome background that I, I envy, and I would love to continue to learn as much as I can from you, man. For sure. No problem, man. I've yeah, been yeah. very lucky, and I, and I appreciate the opportunity to talk to you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So anyway, so background, 
Awesome. So talk about um, like a little bit about your, 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 uh, your situation now. So you said that you get to hone in on uh, power lifters. Uh, you get to hone in on kind of your, you know, like adult, so on and so forth, uh, adult training. But let's talk about some of that training and exactly what that looks like. Because a lot of people, myself included, want to train, want to coach. But let's get to the nitty gritty about the programming side, exactly how it all set up. Don't obviously don't give away all of your secrets. But what's the process that like you go through with the athlete? Like, let's say I'm new, I have these ambitions on going to the Olympics. Are you uh, participating in on the powerlifting circuit and being competitive? What are some things that from like point A to point Z I need to do? And also from you as a coach, what do you kind of program and kind of set that mind frame and that setup? Right. Yeah. So uh, I would I would say I still I'm definitely heavier on the powerlifting side than anything else as far as uh, part of my business. So I so I'll I'll get into the the powerlifting side of the programming and, and kind of how that works. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so I've got you know clients in the Atlanta area, in the Gwinnett County area, um, some are across the city, some across the country, you know, a, a few international clients. And so if if you're doing the program with me. You're, you're going to probably have a similar, you know, uh, you know, groundwork of what you're going to be doing and when you're going to be doing it. And everybody's, you know, ability level and skill level and training age is going to dictate the specifics and the and all the different accommodations that are made on top of that. Right. So the 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 uh, the foundation would be a, you know, if you're walking in for powerlifting training, you know, for somebody that had never trained before, you know, never competed. You know, we're going to probably start three days a week in a, on a Monday, Wednesday, Friday format. And then, you know, if you're walking in with a little bit more background than that, we're probably going to go four. And then everything is, is built around that. Uh, I've got guys that some that I that I'm with every day that train with me, every, train with me four times a week, three times a week, and 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 women. And then I've got some that I program for that just they just pop in once a week, you know, for their heaviest training of the week. Depending on what's going on in the year, uh, whether they picked out a meet, they may they probably gonna be in there every week. Um, if I've got uh, you know somebody that's that's you know several hours away, they may pop in periodically once a month or every couple months to for me to you know get my eyes on them and do a session with me to, to make sure everything's going going as well as well as it needs to. Um, but that's but that's typically the the format of, of when they're training as far as what they're doing. I've, I've followed a, a Russian undulating system for probably the majority of the 15 years I've been doing this. Uh, I was following Borshiko's methodology back, you know, 2002, 2003. Right. And it wasn't cool. You know, uh, when nobody, yeah. one, knew who he was, and two, if they did, they thought that was just completely crazy to, to train that much. And it's, it was just so different than, than the, the Western approach. And it's really... It's to me anything other than that is 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 weird to me. If you're not if you're training powerlifting, you're not you know spend the majority of your time you know under a bar with a bar in your hands or on your back or you know or you know or, or benching with a bar, then not you know it's that's weird to me because that's that's the movements that we're tested in. Mm-hmm. You know, um, powerlifting is we have the luxury of you know just a handful of sports in the world where our training is our sport. Yeah, and yeah, that's sure. you know. Yeah. So either it's working or it isn't. You know, it's it's and it could because to be honest with you, when you when you train an athlete, in my opinion, 
regardless of what it is, other than a powerlifter or a weightlifter, um, you know, if you're training them in a, in a, in a weight room setting, you know, you're, you're guessing. You're, you're guessing. Now, I think there's some people that guess better than others, and mm-hmm. obviously with experience, you know, you, you ha- you're taking an educated guess on what, you know, what your methodology is and what you feel in your heart of hearts is the best way to go about it. Yep. Um, but it's, it's hard sometimes to quantify success other than, than you know, percentages and shots and batting average went up, but, but did you really make them better, you know? And, yeah, and I feel if you've done this long enough, you know that you have, mm-hmm. you know, but powerlifting is different because you, you're seeing it on the bar. You're seeing the numbers go up, you know, or they're not going up. You know, one, one way or the other, they're going up or they're not, and you make the adjustments accordingly. Yeah, no, uh, 100% agree, and that's why I enjoy, and I guess in my world, I guess we, we, we would consider fitness athletes, like the same athletes that you talk about, those that their their job or their training session look exactly like their sport. So in this case, powerlifters, weightlifters, you know, crossfitters, whatever. I, I guess runners would be um, somewhat of the same, although you could right. look at it as uh, they are being like, you know, maybe they need to spend a little bit more time in the weight room. But um, from like from that standpoint, I completely agree with you because, you know, from like from the coaching side, of like you said, you're either going up or you're not either getting better or you're not. And that like that dictates exactly how, quote unquote, good the coach is, but also too what type of programming you have. Like just flat out, like is the programming allowing your athletes to progressively load in order to hit their next PR or be ready for uh, competition or sustain, you know, longevity and not be injured, right? Because you could add a bunch of volume and have strong athletes, but, you know, if, if they're all shot in two years, who cares? So, you know, right. I, that's the true test, like you said, of like in this sport that you and I both love, which is, you know, are the overarching where we're lifting barbells, we're moving people around. I think that that's pretty awesome. So, and then like, I think that that's a, that makes it a little different than, like you said, like football or, and I'm like, I call out football, right? Football or, you know, baseball training or, you know, like you said, agility and all this other stuff. It's like a lot of that stuff is just flat out guessing. Like, Hey, did you come up with this really hard uh, exercise or really hard whatever to make the athlete feel like they're doing better? Where a lot of these people are just genetic freaks and they're going to get better regardless. Or are you actually putting someone under load consistently in the right manner at the right time and they're actually getting better? And we can see that because their numbers got better. They're better than what they were last month. Uh, so right. um, I appreciate that, man. And, and like it sounds like you do too. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So yeah, so um, so yeah, so you you talked about a little bit about the the Russian style, which I know uh some about, and and like you know, I'm not going to make any assumptions about that, but I'll get you to tell me why was there so much pushback in the early 2000s, and even if it was then, do you like you see a lot of that pushback now? Is that something that people are are commonly doing? Let me know a little bit about that because I'm not 100 percent sure. Well, if you, if you look, you know, traditionally and historically, you know, the type of training that's that's come out of the United States or the or the West in general, yep. it's 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 really been linear periodization. That's what yeah, we're yeah. that's kind of what we're known for, you know, throughout the world. And that's what was, you know, kind of coming out of the the whole scene from the from the seventies into the eighties into the into the early nineties, mid nineties. And then so then you've got a few things that spur off that, and you've got you know your high intensity style, you know, where it's one set to failure and. Mm-hmm. And you've got the the old school linear periodization where the 
you know, you start 10, 12 weeks out and the, the reps start at 8, 10, 12 reps and they, they come down um, and the reps come down and the weight comes up. And, and that's, that's one way to do it. And I think that, that, you know, over time, you know, that you're going to have some success for that, but, but eventually uh, it's, you know, I think it's, you're going to get stale with it. And it's, you know, the, and a lot of it depends on your genetic potential and kind of, you know, other factors of recovery and, and you know your nutrition and this and that but but it's you know i the bottom line is is, is the specificity of training meeting the demands of the sport yeah absolutely. and so if you look at you know so if you're looking at the way most old school linear periodizations or 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 even a high intensity flavor how that's working you're not you're not getting a whole lot of actual work mm-hmm. from the barbell movement that you're being tested from. So you're going to, you're going to do, you know, four, five, six, seven buildup sets to one top set, probably maybe two. And you're going to go and spend another hour doing leg press and hamstring curls and leg extensions and, you know, and lap pulls and, you know, whatever, you know, tricep push downs or whatever, whatever, you know, uh, specific, you know, training for those muscle groups that you're working that day. You know, right. isolation style training, which right, is, right. which is honestly is, you kind of you're really getting into more of the bodybuilding style. Absolutely, yeah. um, agree with you. you know? and yeah, so, right. so if so if if that's if you spent 20 minutes squatting, and then an hour and a half, you know, training training hamstrings, quads, calves, inner thigh, outer thigh, uh, and your glutes. You know, what what did you really do? What what, yeah. what did you get better at that day? Yeah, well, you why know? did you? Spend the twenty minutes squatting if you just go then turn around and spend another however long time. <laughs> yeah, I got right. You. Yeah, yeah. You know? And 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 then you may only that might be the only leg work you got that week. So the next time you're gonna, you know, you're gonna go upper body. Maybe upper body twice in your legs once, or some of your legs one day, and and some of your legs the other day when you deadlift. And mm-hmm. and so the, the the point is you're not getting a whole lot of sports specific work. You know, if you look at football, baseball basketball, any, any sport where it's, where it's not a barbell based sport, mm-hmm. they're, they're training their sport every day at a different intensity. Yeah. Right. Football, you know, so they're, you're going to practice football probably five days a week and then you're going to go to a game on the six or four than five, depending on you know, what level, what level you're playing at. But the bottom line is you, you practiced every day, you know, you didn't go full contact every day. You know, some days you had you had you had full pads on. Some days you just had helmets on. Some days you're just working on tempo and running around and getting some blood flow and and practicing the skill, but with no contact. Other days it's full contact. Other days it's half contact or three quarters contact or you know or, or a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. So the so you can do it regularly if it's done appropriately. Yep. And that's where the the more the Russian style, European style was so different than the American style. Is that okay? You're you're bench pressing four times a week. Well, oh my God, you can't bench press four times a week. You're going to get hurt. Well, if you go heavy four times a week, you will. Yeah. If, you, if you're, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah. If you go to failure every time, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna blow a peck off. That's gonna yeah. happen. Um, if if you're doing it with a with an appropriate prescribed prescription, with with weights that are worldwide, uh, you know, anybody you you talk to that, that knows knows anything about training anybody in a, in a weight room mm-hmm. are going to tell you these percentages are appropriate and those percentages are, are somewhere in the neighborhood of 70 to 85 yep. percent you can recover from those and those are submaximal loads with submaximal rep schemes 
um, yes, you can recover from it, and you're and you're working your movements quite regularly. So you're, so you're you know, if if you're doing the old school Western Western style, yeah, you're getting some work, and you're going to get stronger. But you're doing a lot of bodybuilding that you that maybe putting some size on that you don't necessarily need as a as a powerlifter or a weightlifter, you know. Um, and then you know how much you know how how good we actually getting at the skill of squat benching and deadlifting. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's and you're training the body neurologically to to respond when you want to respond the way it's supposed to respond and be extremely efficient while you're squatting, bench pressing, and deadlifting with a bar in your hands. And so the the frequency is high. You're doing the movements frequently throughout the week. Majority of your work is done with a barbell and your assistance work. And you know, you're, instead of getting one top set, you know, per per workout. You're going to maybe get four or five, six top sets, depending on percentage and what you're doing. And, you know, you're going to have minimal recovery time. So, so enough, enough recovery to be ready for the next one, but not enough to where you're, you know, not in a, in a, in a, in a condition where your body is forced to adapt. It's forced to adapt, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, that's a, that's a, that's a, a kind of a brief summation of, of, the main difference and the, so then of course you know with with all that comes the, the accusations of you know you got to be on drugs and and that whole thing and and you don't you just you just gotta you gotta be smart and you've got to know where you know where is you know how a drug-free athlete trains a drug-free athlete trains 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 a certain way that's that's appropriate to them and you know with recovery and you know and and uh the idea we're not going to get hurt is high on the priority list, you know? So that's the, those are the main differences. Yeah, no, I, well, first of all, I appreciate you, you kind of breaking that down for me because I, because I wasn't quite sure. Um, like I was like, well, you know, like what is the difference? And then like you, you talk about periodization and kind of that, that mindset mm-hmm. of it and like what our Western side periodization looks like, which it seems to be just a bunch of stuff happening or like, like a bunch of like, you know, isolated um, activities, emphasized movements, because, you know, God forbid the fitness police out there are saying, well, you can't isolate a muscle, okay, emphasize, whatever the case may be. Um, it's right. are just crazy. But uh, <laughs> it's crazy. But, um, no, I mean, like, again, I appreciate you kind of, you know, uh, breaking that down for me, which is, which is magnificent. You touched on uh, two things that I really want to just pick your brain about, right? You basically talked about the said principle, right? Specific adaptation demands, right? What is your athlete for? Like, are they able to tolerate that activity, that volume, that whatever to, like you said, to maintain a really good-looking athlete, decrease injuries, and then get all the other nonsense that come with it, like you said, the drug accusations, the cheating accusations, the all that kind of stuff out of it because we're building athletes. That, that, like you said, that aren't doing 90 plus percent all the time, but athletes, like you said, 70 to 85, I'm sorry, 75 to 85, sustain it over a long period of time with a barbell because that's their sport. Again, that specific demand. And then having that, and having them do that repeatedly, okay? <laughs> having them do that repeatedly over a long period of time and not in these 10 to 12 windows as if we're going to make these huge changes because. You and I both know this, um, that especially with newer athletes, what are we seeing? What? I would say 70, 80% of it is due to their nervous system. I don't even know. I'm just throwing that out there. Like, it's, a huge, right. it's a huge, like, you know, you know, kudos to the coaches that can get these changes really fast. 
what's their nervous system adapting to the imposed demand? So it's like, why would you then turn around and think you can extrapolate that to, um, you know, obviously veterans, athletes that have been doing it for a while. Uh, that's one thing. Two, I love the fact that you brought it back to, to, to football, right? Like, they tr like, I remember going to football practice. You remember going to football practice. Uh, I don't remember missing a day of football practice. <laughs> like, right. we practice every single day to get us ready to do that sport. So then why would we think that we wouldn't have to do that for powerlifting or for, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, weightlifting or, I'm sorry, not weightlifting, uh, Olympic lifting or for CrossFit. Like, you know, I go back to CrossFit because that's what I do. Um, runners, right? And, again, we could talk about that kind of being, eh, you know, like do they need to run a quarter of a century every time? No. But, you know, we could kind of, like you said, master volumes, master intensity, master overall goals, and then build longevity. Like, I don't understand why people don't get that part. I was going to say, let's go, though. Let's go, though. So, anyway, so now that I've been on All my right. tribe, uh, how is the, the, the scene going with, with the online programming, with, uh, you know, having that? What kind of technologies are you using? Are you using Coach's Eye? Um, how much time are you spending on that? Just nerd out about that for me. So uh, I'm I'm pretty old school with it the way I do it. I've, you know, there's there's definitely a lot of people that look way more advanced than me. I've 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 tried some different formats the way I do it, and and I've I've just kind of stuck with the way that it works for me. I, I use a micro Microsoft Excel spreadsheet. I send you a program to the, the at the the end of this week, the beginning of next week. You start it, and then we go back and forth. You know, all week, if you send me a video of your training, and then we go back and forth with having a rapport and, and me giving you feedback and answering any questions that you have. And I use several different uh, forms of technology to watch video. Um, some just for your tech, some on Facebook, some on, on email, mm -hmm. uh, depending on what kind of phone you have, maybe what, it's WhatsApp. Yep. Um, you know, there's several different things I do. Um, I'm, I've got to see that at all times to make sure. That the the weight on the bar is appropriate. That the training max is appropriate. That's that to me is the key to this whole thing. If you if it's a if it's a weight that you can't lift and you can't recover from, then then we're in trouble. So that's yeah. that's where the video comes. Yep. Uh, if 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 you're not uh, sending me video, then you're then you're doing a disservice to your to yourself because that's the that's the whole thing. If you if you've got a coach out there who doesn't want to see your video, then shame on them. Shame yep. on them for for doing the disservice to you. Because this, if you're, because now this, what this whole game has turned into, on the powerlifting side of, it, in my opinion, is is all the online programming. There's yeah, yeah, for sure, hundreds and thousands of coaches now that are doing it, and there's some that are doing a really good job, and there's and there's some that aren't. But, yeah. but for me, in my opinion, it's a it's a never-ending, ever-consuming job of you're giving your athlete as much time as you possibly can to ensure that that you're there for them when you when they need you. Absolutely. You have a system in place for that. And then they can they can communicate with you, you know, as needed on a regular basis, and that you're that you're seeing them train in the prescribed movements on the big stuff regularly throughout the week. And if that's going on, then we're going to have a great, you know, a great a great program and a great relationship with with myself and the client. Yeah, no, look, there's a couple of things you said there. For one, as a person who writes. Now, I'm not writing, obviously, powerlifting program. A lot of the program I write is more on the recovery side because of my job. More of like, hey, you know, progressive loading side, percentages that are probably not 75%, but more like 70% because I want them to decrease their pain levels. Like, it's their goals, right? 
I love the fact that you use Expro, right. Excel spreadsheet. I do too. There's just flat out. Like I don't like there's a bunch of different technologies out there. It's easy. Like and once you get one template going, and you know this, you can just start rocking and rolling, man. Change it out, put your right. videos there. Like there's a bunch of different technologies. Look, Excel sheet is basically free. Use that. <laughs> and it's super easy. You click on it, it pops up, it has all the stuff. And then like another thing that you got in uh, that that you that you touched on was the accountability aspect. You're right. There are thousands and thousands of coaches. Matter of fact, there's a website dedicated to just finding yourself a a powerlifting coach or a weightlifting coach or a CrossFit coach or whatever, um, or runners coach. And you basically can just kind of scroll through, look at bios, and just click right and hope that this person at the other end is a good coach or a good whatever. And if they don't work out for you, you can kind of just turn away. I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. I'm not saying that's a good thing. I'm saying it's a thing, right? But I think right. we talked about the accountability aspect of it and what being a coach, if you are going to go that route, looks like you're still there. You wouldn't you wouldn't program something if they were in person and then walk to your room, like walk into the other room or go home, right? I mean, go home. Uh, we're talking to the extremes, but that's what online programming would mean. It's not a passive way to coach. It's a different way to coach. This is, uh, yeah, it's, it's, right? uh, yeah, yeah, that's 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 appropriate. I mean, it's yeah. it's uh it's it's different, definitely than, than tra- coaching somebody or training somebody in person. Yeah, but it's it's like everything else. It's it's all about how you go about it, how much time are you putting into it, yeah. how much detail is there. I think the detail is 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 huge. Of you know, when I'm when I'm training somebody, every single thing that they're doing in the gym, I want to be in control of. Absolutely. Yeah. That doesn't mean that doesn't mean that I'm that I'm you know that I'm uh. I'm I'm running a, a a dictatorship, and you only do what I say all the time. That's not what that means. Yeah, yeah. You know, we, we're gonna work. We're gonna work together. We're, you're, we're gonna we're gonna collaborate together on. Hey, let's say for example, you know, you you've been piloting for ten years, and you're you're at a plateau. You've been at it for two years. You, you need some help. You know that there's 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 better life for you out there as a lifter. You come to me. Obviously, you've had some success with a lot of things you've done. But there's some things that we need to change. So let's let's talk about what works for, worked for you in the past, and let's talk about my system. And how do and let's and let's let's mix that all together into one big bowl of soup here, and we're gonna have a great product when we're done, you know. But if you're touching a bar, anything that's gonna affect your recovery, I need to know about it. You know, if you're gonna go for a five mile hike this weekend, I need to know about it. If you're if you're you know training for a half marathon on the side, I need to know about it. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, that that's what I'm saying. Yeah, no, you know, and and if you if you're wanting to hit some extra back, upper back and some hit some arms and and you know and and I need to know about it. Let me let me work that in there so so I know that your recovery is appropriate. And I'm and I'm you know I'm assuming when I write these programs that all things are equal. And I know everything there is to know about what's going on with you uh, as far as um, external stress of of the body, where it's where it's you you under some kind of physical stress. Not just you know the daily mental stress of, of life, you know. You know that stuff too. Yep. Yeah. And to touch on something, right? We're never like people look at these these high level athletes and they actually just think that they have like some nine to five job, and then they go be an NFL player or like LeBron James. Your life is consumed by this particular sport, and that's where I think that like a lot of people like and I'll like I'll tease my sport, right? I'll tease CrossFit 
where people feel like they can come in here and lift these loads constantly but have a nine to five job, not eat right, not sleep right, have high stress levels and wonder why they're not that like wonder why they're getting hurt and wonder why they're not hitting the goals that they want to. Well, look at all these these factors that are happening, right? And from like your aspect, I, I envy you because it's kind of a one-on-one basis. Whereas for me as a coach in the CrossFit setting, it's like 15. So yeah, I, I, I can go around and kind of do some individualized coaching, but in large part, it's in a group setting and kind of having to control those factors. So I appreciate the fact that you talked about what are the things that are going right? I, I, like, I need to know that stuff. It is like, I need to know that because like you said, I'm assuming when I write this program, all things else equal, like, oh, are like sick? Oh, like your dog died, Did, like or or like you going out of town right. for a week. Like I need to know all that stuff. So then, because all that plays a role, and we we can look back at it and say, oh, I remember whenever we deloaded for that week for whatever reason. Okay, because of these factors, or hey, look, I thought I was normal training session. You only did two out of the five. Well, what am I supposed to do with that? So, <laughs> like, right. do a two out of five. Like I wrote these programs up assuming that everything was good. So I. I'm glad you just touched on that. And, and and if you are a coach, and this is, you know, obviously if you're an athlete or a clinician, you know, kudos for listening to this as well. But if you are a coach listening to this, I wanted you to understand how important these these conversations are. And I think James touched on it really well because, you know, it's, it's not passive. It's a very active relationship, which each athlete's in. I actually just put out a post today. I said, you have to get that buy-in. Like, you have to have them trust you and say, hey, look, I ain't feeling it today. Or, hey, look, I feel great. Awesome. Or, hey, look, next week I got finals. Okay, great. You know what I mean? Like, all right, whatever. Right. You know what I mean? So it's, like, I think getting that buy-in uh, is huge, and it sounds like you believe the same thing, which is which is awesome. And that's how we, you know, have athletes that pro- uh, progressively grow um, and continue to, to hit those goals that they want. Um, and it may come from a different coach and wonder why they weren't getting better and, here you go. You're telling them it doesn't have to be as heavy. It could be, you know, in these lows, it doesn't have to be me yelling and screaming. It could be a conversation. And James, I mean, I'll be honest with you, man. That's the way I coach. That's the way I treat, man. So I appreciate you saying that, man, for sure. For sure. Nope. No problem, man. No yeah. problem. For sure. So um, how much time you got? I got one more question for you. Like, if you got some time. We can go one more and then I got to roll. Okay, cool. All right. So – Obviously, you are in the circuit uh, when it comes to power lifters, so I'll stick to that. I oftentimes talk about other sports, so but I'm not going to get to that. Um, who is your your uh, your favorite lifter right now? Who's your favorite lifter of all time? Who's someone that you look up to? And then if you had to pick someone out of your sport to basically meet and have a, a just a training session with, uh, who like like uh, who would it be? I know it's a couple of questions, but just kind of fire off. It might be the same person. Who knows? Right. Yeah, I got you. Yep. Uh, I, w- I would say uh, my favorite lifters of all time, being the, the number one favorite is going to be Ed Cohen. Yeah. Um, Ed, Ed Cohen was the was the greatest lifter in the history of the world. He was 20 years ago. He is now. <laughs> you know, even you, you can you can get into the politics of powerlifting of uh, you know the there weren't drug tests now there's drug tests there's no now there's still meets where people aren't taking drug tests and they're breaking his records and. And or there's you know the different deadlift bar or there's this suit or that suit, it, it doesn't matter. He's still the best. And if you notice when when everybody starts these debates, they're always going back to well, I'm trying to break Ed Cohen's record. And I think that's the that's the 
that's the hugest compliment he could ever ever be given. Yep. That you know, 20, 30 years later, they're still talking about Ed Cohen, and uh, that's so. He's the best ever. Um, I really, I really enjoy watching Shane Hammond lift. Um, I think it was what he did when he switched over from powerlifting to weightlifting. That was that was phenomenal. Um, one of the, I, I, I think he was he was a was a, an extreme exception who was who was who was, you know who, who excelled at both. I think there's still people to this day that try to think they can leave powerlifting and, and jump into, into weightlifting at 22, 23, 24, 25 years old and have some success. And I think they're they're very unrealistic when they do that. But, but it was awesome to to watch him do that. Um, you know, and, and he had, you know, I don't know if it was the first thousand pound squat, but if it, it wasn't the first one, it was one of the first. I guess maybe right. it wasn't the first, but it was one of the one of the first guys, just a handful of guys who had done it with, with very minimal supportive equipment on in the in the mid nineties. Yeah. Um, uh, now these days, I don't know. Uh, you know, there's so many great lifters. You know, uh, Ray Williams, obviously. That's I mean, he's he's phenomenal. He's the strongest lifter of our time. I think there's a lot of other really strong strong guys as well that are that are right there with him. But I think he's the he set the bar. Um, if it was somebody to to train with or to or to or to see to see coach, I would say probably those. All those guys I just mentioned, that would be that would you know that would be great to train with those guys or watch them train, um, you know. And then from a coaching standpoint, um, you know, Boris Chico. I mean, obviously I've followed his methodology a long time. Any anytime you could be around him, that would also be a great opportunity. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, all of the names that you mentioned. I mean, those are like you said legends in the sport. So I mean, that's awesome. I cannot dispute any of those so yeah uh james man thank you so much for coming on the episode man it has been a wonder uh plug all of your social medias and then tell people where to find you oh it's my pleasure thank you very much for having me on so you can you can find me uh my website is eliteironsp.com you can find us on instagram and facebook at elite iron sp or just elite iron uh, you can find me individually on Facebook or on Instagram. Just put in James Townsend. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, and uh, we we definitely connected through Facebook, man. But again, I checked out your website, and your website do not do the due diligence to to say how much experience you got. So definitely upgrade that. Let everyone know that, man. You've been around the circuit. You've been a while for, uh, around for a while, and like you aren't going anywhere. It sounds like so. Yeah, keep it up for sure. Thank you very much. We'll do. We we'll definitely need to upgrade the website, but I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, man. Have a good one. Okay, you too. Yeah. Thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of the High Impact Health Podcast with your host, Dr. Diamond Jones. And hope you enjoyed the episode. Uh, keep up your sports performance, improve your health, improve your wellness. Have a good one. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the High Impact Health Podcast with your host, Dr. Diamond Jones. It would mean the world to me if you were to hand over to iTunes or wherever you get your podcast from and just leave me a review or a like or a follow or a subscribe, any of those things that help push the podcast forward. Share it out to a friend or two, right? All this will help me to not only be able to deliver the best content, but help get this knowledge out there more and more. And it allows me to do more of these podcasts, right? The more people we have listening, the more we can kind of spread it out there, too. So, again, uh, please like, follow, share um, the podcast, and I appreciate that in advance. Thank you.